Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. I'm sure many of you have memorized Romans chapter 8, or at least portions of it. I think about the very famous verse 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And those are really exciting uh, verses, a verse, I should say. Uh, The end of chapter 8 talks about what can separate us from the love of of God, love of Christ, uh, nothing. We uh, read that long list. It's just a, a very reassuring passage of Scripture. And perhaps you're familiar even with these first couple verses in the book of Romans because they speak to our spirit. They they breathe air into our spiritual lives. Why? Because many times, if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves to get into a self-condemning vortex where I can never do right, I'll never measure up, God would never be pleased with me, I might as well just quit— And I've seen many, many people fall into this kind of a spiritual funk, uh, this kind of depression. And the Apostle Paul gave some pretty weighty words last chapter about his own testimony and how he was frustrated with his desire to measure up, but his inability to measure up. And I feel like I'm the spiritual schizophrenic and I feel like I'm I'm two people and I'm double-minded and I'm sure we've all felt that way. And then to end the chapter by saying, but I have learned the answer and the answer is Christ in me, the hope of glory. The answer is a daily, real, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ through his spirit because it's not the law that is ever going to help me. The law was never intended to help me in the sense of empowerment. The law was only ever to show me that I am weak and I am sinful and I need a resource that's far more powerful than the law. And that resource is Christ. That resource is the very spirit that he has given us. And the ability, the spiritual vitality to live in victory over sin. So let's begin chapter 8 and verse number 1, where the Bible says, There is therefore, so continuing this testimony of the Apostle Paul, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ, meaning you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, believing the good news of the gospel. The very righteousness of God has been imputed to your record. You have been declared to be righteous by God, justified. The process of sanctification has been inaugurated in your life. Well, the Bible says there's no condemnation. You never have to fear the penalty of sin. You never have to fear the judgment of of your sins. Why? Because those sins were judged on the cross. They were judged there. You say, well, okay, Kurt, uh, I see that, but what about the rest of verse number one? Because the Bible does say there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Oh, well, there it is. There have been times I've walked after the flesh, so apparently I am condemned. Apparently I will pay for those sins. No, what the Bible is teaching here in verse number one is not that this is a qualifier for no condemnation, for the life that has been given wholly to Jesus, the saved one. This is not a qualifier like I've got to make sure I walk in the spirit and not after the flesh or I won't be saved and therefore uh, won't have the promise of no condemnation. That's not what it's teaching. This is an indication of a person who has been saved. The, The indicator of salvation is that we're gonna continue in the spirit. The indicator of true faith is works. Faith and works are not the same thing. The Bible makes the distinction over and over again. We'll see this more carefully in Romans chapter 9. It's carefully delineated in James chapter 2 and even chapter 1. The the point is that, that true faith will show up in a life of fidelity to God. Not perfection, but a person that has truly put faith in Jesus Christ is going to be a person who's going to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. There's going to be indications of real salvation in him, uh, as we shall see. Look at verse number two. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Now, what is the law of the spirit of life in Christ? Well, we've been talking about these laws. We talked about the law of sin, which wars in our members, and sometimes the things that we want to do we don't do because the law of sin overtakes our, our sinful desire trumps our godly desire. So the law of sin is strong. It has might. It's not right, but it has might. And then we talked about the law of God, the law of God. Uh, what, what is the law of God? The law of God says this is what's right. But the law of God has no might, no no power to make us right. It only has power to show us that we're wrong. So we need a third operative principle because the law of sin is what kills us the law of death is the law of the law of god is what shows us that we're dying so those are two negative things right the law of god shows us hey you're dying the law of sin is i'm killing you so we need a powerful law that supersedes overcomes those two laws and what is that law well the bible teaches us here in verse number 2 is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus now think about that. All those words are important. Law, that's unbending and unchangeable. Okay, so this is true. It's the law of. God doesn't renege on this. It's the law of the Spirit, capital S, of life in Christ Jesus. So when Jesus, when you came to Jesus by faith and received him as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says the indication, salvation was affected by the Spirit of God. We were, we were born of the Spirit, right? And the Spirit of God immediately indwelled us at the moment of our salvation. The very Spirit of Christ, distinct, separate, but equal, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son came to live inside of you. And what is that? What, what is the characteristic of that Spirit of God inside of you? Life. Because you were dead in trespasses and in sins, but you've now been made alive. You've been quickened. And so now you get to experience life, but not just human life. You already had that. No, the very 
the very life of Jesus, the very resurrection life of Christ, uh, the life of Jesus that lived in victory over sin, the, the life of Jesus that lived according to his Father's purpose, that very life is your life. And so the law of the spirit of life in Christ is yours. Look at verse number two. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Yeah, it's the more powerful principle. It's the more powerful law. It, how did the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus make me free from the law of sin and death? Because I was shackled by that. I was being dragged down by that. I was condemned by that. But remember, Jesus Christ died upon the cross. He lived as a human being. All God, never ceased to be God, all man. He was 100% man, 100% God. And when he died in the flesh on that cross, he wasn't paying for, dying for his own sins. He committed none. No, he had perfectly fulfilled the law of God. The law of God, as a spotlight on him, revealed nothing. There was no fault in him. And so therefore, when he died, he took upon him. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. He took upon him uh, our sins. God hath made him to be sin for us. And so that negated the law of sin and death. Why? Because he defeated sin and death on that cross. Uh, by, a, by the resurrection power, he's declared to be the son of God with power. Remember Romans chapter one, by the resurrection from the dead. So it's a greater law. Look at verse number three. For what the law could not do. Now we've talked about this over and over again. The law could do a lot of things. The law could be your teacher. The law could be your schoolmaster. The law could be a revealer. The law could be uh, and many things. The, the, the law could be a reflector of the character of God. Uh, the law can teach us things about uh, life and civility and ceremony. There's, there's plenty that the law, the law could do, but what the law could not do is the law could not take care of your sin. The law could not save you. It could only reveal your need. So look at verse number three, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's such a theologically accurate statement. The likeness of sinful flesh. All those words are important. So God didn't send Jesus in sinful flesh. Otherwise, he would have been a sinner like anyone else. No, he'd never sinned. So he didn't come in sinful flesh, but he didn't come, but he did come in flesh. He was incarnate. He was a man with blood in his veins and skin uh, uh, on his body and hair and teeth and eyes and everything that made him human. And so, yes, he was flesh in the sense of humanity, but he was not sinful flesh but he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was indistinguishable on earth from any other man, if you just saw him in a crowd. In fact, Isaiah even told us there was no form or comeliness in him that we should desire him. He wasn't even a, a standout in the crowd, physically speaking. It wasn't like he stood head and shoulders above the crowd or had a, a particularly handsome face. 
The point is, he was a very average-looking man, but he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now, look at verse number three again. Made in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. See, the fact is, Jesus had to live bodily. He had to die bodily. He had to rise again bodily. That's why those doctrines are so important. Why? Because you and I, in our body and in our struggle, would have no hope were it not for his identifying with us in the likeness of sinful flesh. The great passage in Philippians chapter 2, we call it the kenosis passage, where he emptied himself, the Bible says. He, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, something to be grasped at, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men, made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man. Uh, he became obedient unto death, even the death. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So there's the, the same principle. Look at verse number four. We'll end with this. So when God sent Jesus to do this, to perform this for us upon the cross, what was the purpose? Well, look at verse number four. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, remember, we introduced the whole book back in chapter one and said in verse 17 that the righteousness of God is revealed in the good news of the gospel. So when we embrace the gospel, Jesus died for us. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. I put my faith and trust in him and his finished work alone. Well, the Bible teaches that when that happens, the very righteousness of Jesus, the righteousness of God, God the Son, is imputed to my record. So that the righteousness of God, in a very real sense, according to verse number four, is fulfilled in me, in you. Now, let's be very specific about the, pro, about the, about the preposition. It wasn't fulfilled by you. You couldn't fulfill the righteousness of the law, and neither could I. No, the righteousness of the law is not fulfilled by us but it was fulfilled in us. Why? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Look at the end of verse four. It was fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now we're born of the spirit. We have a new man, the very nature of Jesus. We can please God. We're not condemned. No, he that believeth not is condemned already, but we're not condemned. We're the children of God. And we have the opportunity, even today, to access the indwelling Spirit of God and His power to become more like Jesus and one day become just like Him. That's where we're going in this chapter. Stay along for the ride. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.